Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. If you want to just find your way to your seat, that would be great. Welcome all to, uh, also to those who are online. Glad that you're with us today. And uh, we're here to meet with God today. I don't know about you, that's why I've come. I've come to worship him, come to meet with God, come to give him my praise and just to be in his presence today. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to being with my church family in the presence of God. Looking forward to what God wants to do in our gathering today. We're going to worship him today. And as you see, we're, we're kind of missing a few people on the band. Um, that's just the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? But we're here nonetheless, the Von Traps, I mean the Roys, uh, to, to lead you in worship today. Um, great to be in God's house. Great to be in his presence And uh, let's just stand, if you're able to, we'll pray. Father, we thank you that you live in our hearts. Father, that you're here, that you're interested in every aspect of our lives. And Father, we just come and we give ourselves to you this morning. We give our whole being, body, soul, and spirit over to you to worship, to praise, and to give thanks to your name today. And so, Father, we ask that you would move amongst us. May your spirit come and just touch us where we are. Lord, each of us have come from different experiences this week. Father, even maybe things that have been going on in our lives for a while now. And Father, you know about those things. You know what's happening in our lives. And Father, we just want to come into into your presence. And and Lord, just open up our hearts before you today. And so, Lord, we just ask that you'd move amongst us. May we know your presence in this place. Father, that's what we really covet today. It's your presence in this gathering. So, Lord, bless us. Bless us as we worship you. Father, may we know your smile upon us. And Father, we ask that you would come and that you would live in our praise. And may your name be glorified and lifted up in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.
Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place today. And Lord, that song that we've been singing is more than just a song of worship. Father, it's actually a prayer to you that you'd come and that you'd fill us, fill us to full capacity, Father. Fill us afresh. Lord, for those in this place today who have not been back at the well for a while, Father, we pray that you would help us to come and to draw from the well. Father, to draw from the well of your presence. Lord, Jesus said, everyone who is thirsty was to come. Father, that he would give us a living water. Father, a water that was not natural, but Father, that water of the presence of your spirit in our lives and that that water would not only be refreshing for us, but Father, that it would be refreshing for others as well. And Lord, where, where we're thirsty today, Lord, we pray help us to come to, to the well. Lord, there's no point in having a well if we don't go to the well. Father, the well of your presence. And Father, you invite us to come to that well and Lord, so often we, we hang back and we don't want to, to maybe make the effort. We don't want to set aside the time. We don't want to uh, just, or, or maybe we just don't see that as a priority in our lives. But Father, we pray that you'd help us to realize that that's the, that's the place where we find life. That's the place where we find our spirits being refreshed. That's the place where when we come and we drink, that, Father, everything else in life begins to, to, to make sense and to become clearer. And so, Father, we pray that you'd put within us a spirit that would, would just draw us to the well, Father, and draw us to the well of your presence today. Lord, may we drink fully. May we drink to satisfaction from your presence today. Holy Spirit, we pray, come and fill us afresh, fill us anew. Let's just sing that chorus uh, just one last time. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh in me. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do. wants to maybe just say to one or two people um, in the room today, maybe online and just the sense I had as we began to sing that song again and it's just a sense of just, you need to just stop trying so hard to do things in your own strength you've been trying so hard to win victories and to do things in your own strength, you've been trying so hard to use your own understanding 
And you know what Proverbs 3 says. It says, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And I really, really believe the Lord's wanting to say to some people in here today, stop striving. Just stop striving. He is your father. He loves you. And he knows you. And he's just wanting you to just calm yourself down, to stop striving and just, just to trust in him. Just trust him. Trust him. Do you know, I really feel that that could be a word for any one of us today in this place, to stop striving and to just abandon yourself, abandon ourselves to the Lord and just trust him for the answers that he will bring. The, the situation that you're facing, whatever that might be, he will lead you through that situation. He will guide you. He will be your strength. He will always be there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And Father, we just pray Lord, we pray, help us to apply, help us to apply what we already know. Father, some of us might be in here today and say, I don't really know very much. But Father, help us to apply the little we do know. And Lord, we know that in the application that you will just make your, uh, you'll make your purposes known to us. Father, you'll make your way known to us. You'll make your strength known to us. And so Lord, we just ask that you lead us. Lord, just that you lead us like a, I just have this picture, Father, of, 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 of a little child being taken by the hand and just led through uh, uh, maybe some challenges or, or whatever it is. Lord, we pray help us to just put up our hand and to grab your hand and to walk with you step by step through all that life will bring us. And Lord, we just ask that you would just surround us with your love. May we be so aware of your love and all that you have for us. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 So good to be in God's presence today. And it's so good to look out and see so many faces. And uh, welcome to some old faces, friends of mine today. I won't embarrass you, um, but it's great that you're with us today. Just one or two um, announcements uh, that I want to share with you today. Obviously, tomorrow there will be no prayer um, because there's um, this massive event uh, in our, our nation tomorrow. Let's keep praying for the royal family, for our nation. And let's pray that God uses what's happening to stir up maybe thought in people's hearts um, uh, we will pray together on Thursday on Zoom. Um, Treasure Kids will be on this week. Oxygen will be on this week. Treasure Tots will be on this week. Um, you know the program. So um, I encourage you to keep praying for these things and to really uh, look for God's blessing and all that's been done there. And we do need people to, to sort of sign up on the dotted line to help with uh, the sound system, with the tech, with the media, all these things. We do need people to sort of say, yeah, I'm willing to go on a rota for chairs and stuff like that. Uh, so if you want to do that, that would be great. We would really appreciate that. Uh, let me just give you an example today, okay? One person is away today this weekend, which meant that we were having to do multiple tasks in here before Sunday happened, including doing the sound. Um, and we just need help with that. Right? So we're trying, to, we're trying to get into the right place for leading uh, worship, and we can't do that very well if we're having to attend to so many other tasks in church. So I am saying it nicely and pleading nicely. We need 
We especially need tech people, okay? So if you're able to do that, that would be really great. On the 26th of September, uh, which is two weeks, uh, sorry, a week on Monday, uh, we will begin the foundations group here in the church. If you're new to the faith and you want to learn more about it, that will be starting uh, in the church on the 26th. And in two weeks' time, uh, we'll begin membership classes. And again, uh, here, well, it might be over in Answer House or here in the church. We've not worked that out yet. But membership classes for those who've been part of the church for a long time and you want to come into membership, then uh, they'll be on the 2nd, the 23rd, and the 30th of October. I'm going to say a little prayer before I go any further. I'm just going to read out uh, something which Jocelyn sent uh, over. She emails us every week just to let us know how things are going. We support Ken and Jocelyn um, uh, in their work in Europe, have done for decades. Um, and uh, as you know, um, Ken is just recovering from his stroke. And Jocelyn says this, thank you so much for your concern. It is so much appreciated. Ken was very tired this week with all his busy program. Thank you for your prayers, for your renewed strength, uh, for renewed strength and encouragement. Much love to all. God bless Jocelyn. And so I'm going to pray for, for Ken in just a little minute. I'm going to pray for Heather as well. I'm not sure if you're joining us online today, Heather, if you are, we're going to pray for you uh, once again today and just believe that God will touch you in your body. Let's just pray and then we'll come to the word of God in a little minute. Father, we thank you that we have this access into your very throne room through prayer. When we come to your throne of grace today, and Lord, we ask for your mercy upon Ken. Lord, we pray that you'd restore strength into his body, that you'd restore function. And Lord, that you would just be uh, everything to Ken and Jocelyn that they need at this point in time. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're interested in every aspect of their lives. And so, Lord, we pray strength over them and for recovery from Ken. Lord, just restore uh, these functions that we take for granted. And Lord, we pray strengthen his body in every way. And Lord, we pray for Heather today, Lord, who needs a touch in her body from you in the hospital still. Um, and Lord, we just ask that your hand would be upon her. Lord, that you'd minister healing into the very depths of her whole body, Father, that you just restore her to full health and strength. And Lord, we look to you for this. We're asking for a miracle, Father. Lord, we're asking that you would do something powerful in her life that would bring glory to you. And Lord, there are people in here today who really need a touch in their body, who need physical healing. And Father, I just pray that you'd just cause your spirit to come and, and move amongst us, and Father, to bring healing into bodies, into minds, into spirits today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Give me a little second. Um, kids are going to go out, yes? Thank you. <laughs> So, hope the boys and girls have fun over at Treasure Kids. You can make your way out um, and uh, let, just just chat amongst yourselves for a little second while they're going out um, and just say hi to the person next to you. Don't go wandering around because it's like herding, you know what, it's trying to get everybody back into their seats. So. It's been so encouraging, actually, just over these last few weeks as Treasure Tots has relaunched, as Treasure Kids has relaunched both on Wednesday and on Sunday, as uh, Oxygen has been uh, started up afresh, um, and just to see the way that 
these groups are filling up, to see the excitement in the room uh, when our young people are coming together. It's been so encouraging. And uh, it's also encouraging that there are lots more people actually involved in these ministries as well. So it's encouraging. I want to just thank everyone for praying into all these ministries. Um, God is doing a new thing. And I'm so encouraged by that. The title of what I want to say today is The Solitude of the Soul. Some people are looking puzzled. The Solitude of the Soul. And I don't know, sometimes, how, how do you come to church? What do you come to church expecting? There's an interesting question, eh? I come to church, and what I would love to hear, I think, is the voice of God the audible voice of God in this room, speaking to every single person, to every person in the room. And I wonder, I wonder if we come expecting to hear the voice of God for our lives. I wonder, actually, if we have an expectation about what God would say. I sometimes wish that I could just sit down and let God just speak so that we could hear the audible voice of God. I wonder what would happen if we went round the room and just one by one, said what each of us need to hear. I wonder <laughs> if what we think we need to hear is that, well done, good and faithful servant, you've been doing so well this week. Or would we hear something slightly different? Would we hear something that sounds more like the slap on the back of our head? <laughs> because actually, we just need that encouragement uh, to get back on the track and to go the right way. I wonder what would happen if God began to open up the secret places of our hearts. We all have the exterior, the self, me, you're looking at me just now, I'm looking back at you guys. We all have what people see on the outside. Then there are things which are hidden on the inside that only we know about ourselves and then I think as well, there are secret things hidden deep within us that nobody knows, and we don't even know ourselves, but God knows. And I wonder sometimes if, if, if our inner secrets began to be exposed because God came along and put his finger in something in our lives, how would we feel about that? You'd be like, oh no, here we go again. <laughs> or please not in public, Lord. It's like when the prophet comes to the church and you're like, what's he going to say? Um, I hope he doesn't put his finger in something that I don't want other people to hear. I sometimes think, I sometimes think actually I would love for God to just come and cut to the chase in my life and in everybody else's lives. Because I think when God cuts to the chase, it can save a lot of wasted time in life. We can go round and round and round and round the same thing day after day, week after week, year after year, and in some cases, decade after decade, just going round and round in circles, when really what we should be doing is growing in our faith and becoming mature. But we're still on the merry-go-round, round and round and round with the same old stuff, the same old temptations, the same old things that we've been wrestling with our whole life. And to some extent, that's understandable. But the verse that I wanted to share from today is found in Proverbs chapter 14. It's a verse that I've been meditating on for a little while now. And Proverbs chapter 14 verse 10 says this, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can fully share its joy. 
Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can fully share its joy. The word that is used here for heart is actually the biblical term for um, all that concerns who we are as a person, the inner, the immaterial, the, the things that people can't see necessarily unless it's expressed on the outside. And it's a word that describes all that lies within us, the heart of a person. It makes us who we are. Our mind, emotions, our will, our motivation, our intentions, everything. That's what the Bible is talking about when it talks about our heart. Each heart knows its own bitterness. And the, the word bitter is actually the same word that uh, Naomi uses in, in Ruth chapter 1 verse 20. She says this, don't call me Naomi. Um, she says, I'm done with that name. That's not where I'm at now. Don't call me Naomi. That's my name. But don't call me Naomi. She says, call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. And that word Mara is the word that's translated bitter. And she was caught up in her grief, and you can understand why, and who could blame her. Her husband had died, her two sons had died, and here she was left all alone. And it wasn't just the grief of loss that she was having to deal with, it was the thought about her future and the lack of provision for her future. Everything had gone wrong. And she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, call me bitter. And as we think about this, each heart knows its own bitterness. No one else can truly share its joy. Only her heart, only she knew how she was feeling. Only she knew what she was experiencing. Only she could truly see herself. And it's the same with each one of us. We know ourselves, don't we? Some people are lost in thought just now. I can see some people are thinking about What's going on in the depths of their heart? There's something about the way our body language changes and we start to change our face when we think about the things that have been talked about, spoken about, the bitterness, the, the joys, the things that are in our hearts. Each of us, an individual, and we can only ever experience what we're experiencing. Nobody else can. And it made me think about um, this is just an, an aside, an example. Um, just forgive me for a little second as I talk about Facebook, okay? You'll understand why in a second. Facebook was open to the wider public audience in 2006. There you go. Interestingly, Instagram, a platform for sharing photos and videos, was launched in 2010. And in 2012, it was bought over by Facebook, which is now Meta for all those Facebook fans. And in 2013, the word selfie made its way into the Oxford Dictionary. Did you know that? It's a word that grew out of the social media world uh, of self-portrait photographs. If you don't know what a selfie is, a selfie is a self-portrait photograph. Who's ever done a selfie, right? Who's ever realized that their arms aren't long enough to do selfies, Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, I can never do these things. I'm like, I need, I need a ultra uber wide angle lens. Um, it's not to fit in my big head. It's just like, how, how, I can't do it. And people have selfie sticks and all this kind of stuff. And research suggests that, that the frequency of the word selfie, that word that went into the Oxford English Dictionary in 2013, in 2012, it increased by 17,000%. 
The word selfie increased by 17,000% during 2012. That's nuts, eh? We look back at this and we think, that's crazy, but that's life, isn't it? Um, it's just a bit strange. But the sad reality, and, and you'll see where I'm going with this, is that most selfies these days are actually an edited version of ourselves, okay? Is it, do you think it's a cheeky thing when somebody sell, sends you a photograph to edit it and send it back to them? Do you think that's a cheeky thing to do? <laughs> it's just a question. It's like you can answer. It's okay. Somebody sent me a photo. In fact, Belinda sent me a photograph just this week of where she'd been on holiday, and I edited it and sent it back to her. <laughs> I was like, was that rude? I hope not. <laughs> but I did it anyway. But most selfies, in fact, everything that we see in media has been edited and touched up in some way. And people are presenting for the public a curated version of themselves, an edited version of themselves. And that's just what we see on the outside. That's just what we see with our physical eyes of what's on the outside of a person. And yet there's stuff going on really deep down in here. And I wonder what the selfie would look like if we took a selfie of our, our heart. What would that selfie look like? Some people might say, well, the exposure was really low there. The picture's really dark. I'd make excuses, but no, it's actually just because my heart's a dark place. What would the selfie look like if we could take a selfie of our soul? People put out this curated version of themselves, all the best bits, all the best angles. It's like, no, no, get, get this side. This side's better, okay? And then for some of us, it's this side's better. And for some of us... Well, let's not say which side's better, but that'll, we'll leave that for another day. And each of us are individual, an individual self, an individual human being, surrounded by a whole other bunch of selves. I know that the plural of selves is selves, okay? Just in case you're thinking he needs to go back to school. Robert Cook is going to correct me on my grammar later. But I want to actually illustrate the point that it's individual selves. Each person in this room today, those who are online, an individual self. And God knows your self. He knows each one of us. There are two dangers that I see about ourselves. The first one is to think too highly of ourselves, which becomes pride. The second one is to actually think too low of ourselves and have a low self-esteem. And there's some really interesting research on the benefits of high and low self-esteem. It's really interesting. I'll share that maybe another time. We can think too highly of ourselves or we can think too low of ourselves. And neither is helpful. And as one author once said, really what we want to get to, in fact, is self-forgetfulness. Where we don't even think about ourselves. The Bible has a word for that. It's called humility. It's about self forgetfulness. And we each have this perception of ourselves and the other selves in the room today. We each perceive each other. I'm looking out and I can see everybody in the room today. You can look at me. You can look at other people in the room. You each have a perception of the other person in the room. I sometimes wish I could read people's minds. No, maybe I don't, okay? <laughs> I just read somebody's mind there and it was, hurry up, and sit down. No, I'm like, uh, I'm glad I can't read people's minds. I'm being totally honest about that. Um, but, but God reads the heart. He reads us. He reads each self in the room. And 
you know, I think we need to grasp something here. There's a depth to each person that's truly hard to observe, a depth to truly perceive and to truly grasp. And even, even the pastors in the room, I'm not just talking about the person who's speaking, there are people in this room today who are gifted as pastors. And you look around the room and you can see in the room the people that aren't themselves today. And you go, how are things? You say, how are you doing today? And what do they say? Fine. They say, fine. There's all this stuff going on in their hearts. And you say, how are you doing? And they say, ah, I'm fine. Hi, I'm okay. Hi, I'm fine. Who, who all does that? Show of hands. Poll. Quick poll, right? Somebody in church says, how are you doing? You say, fine, right? Guilty as charged, okay? And then you get people like me who look you in the eye and I say, hey, but how are you really doing? And you go, can you no do that? <laughs> how are you? The real state of the heart often remains hidden. And if you read on in this chapter in Proverbs, there's something really interesting. It says this in verse, sorry, I don't have the, the verse reference here. It says there just a few verses later, laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when laughter ends, the grief remains. This is an uplifting sermon, isn't it? <laughs> but, but we all do it. There's this exterior show, and we can be laughing and joking and be the, the, the person who's the life and soul of the party, but actually inside, there's something not right inside. And we want to just sometimes tell the whole world, and sometimes we do that using social media. I don't think that's necessarily helpful. Tell somebody who cares about you and who understands you. And I was just thinking about this, just a few thoughts um, and I won't be much longer, actually. No one else can experience your pain or your pleasures the way that you do. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, we read this. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. She was praying for a child. The priest, Eli, couldn't understand what was going on. In fact, he thought she was drunk and just praying and babbling away herself. Even her husband, Elkanah, didn't know what was going on inside her. And she had this angst, and the angst worked its way out in a silent prayer before God in the temple. No one else can experience your pain or your pleasures the way you do. We each perceive and experience trials and joys in different ways. And we must be prepared to let another self, another person, off the hook when they don't get what we're going through. Have you ever felt like that? Nobody else knows what I'm going through. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested. Why is it always just me? Each heart knows its own bitterness. And when somebody says to you, you don't know what I'm going through, do you know what your response is? You're right. I don't. Because each heart knows its own bitterness. And you could also say, well, and by the way, you don't know what I'm going through. But let's take a moment to just share and to pray for each other because each heart knows its own bitterness. The only way we can get to understand somebody else's heart is if we spend time listening to them and what they want to share. And by and large, I think this might sound really sad. Okay, I'm preparing you for this because it might sound really sad. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? <laughs> I don't think you are ready. By and large, we walk through life alone. And in a sense, just, you know, we, we walk through life on our own. Does that make sense? 
Have you ever felt like that sometimes? Where you can be in the middle of a room like this, surrounded by people, and you feel like you're walking through life alone. You know, we can have friends, we can have family, we can have church, we can have colleagues, we can have community, and all of that is good, but we each experience the world that we live in in a unique way, and in a sense, we're on our own. I, I think it's good to be surrounded by people who get you. You will know the people in the room today who get you, who understand you, the people that you open up to in church life, the people in your family or your friends circle that you open up to. There are people that get you, and it's good to be surrounded by people who get you. And I do think we need to be part of a local church. And we need to be present. Sorry, all those who are online. There's no substitute for being beside other people and actually seeing what's going on in their lives just by reading their faces, reading what's going on as they walk into the building, reading their body language, asking, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you really doing? Have you got a minute? Have you got 10 minutes? <laughs> and so I think there's a sense in which we walk through life alone. I know what it is to feel like that. I know what it is to feel lonely. I remember somebody saying to me years and years ago, ah, but you don't know what it feels like to be lonely. And the person was kind of having a little dig at me because they were single and I was married. And I thought, hmm, that's an interesting thing to say. This is getting really personal. I hadn't planned to say this. But I actually remembered at that point in time very vividly Going back to a time in 1990, that's how old I am, um, when I was in Japan on my own sometimes and feeling such a sense of loneliness that it was actually painful. Like you'd be busy Monday through to Friday, work, 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 all the stuff you're doing, and that was great. And then it would come to the weekend and you're looking forward to church on Sunday because you get to meet people who you can speak in English to. But sometimes those Saturdays, when my friend wasn't available because he was working, that feeling of loneliness, it was just like excruciating. It's like, just take me home. Country road. Signs. But let me say this as I finish off today. As a Christian, sorry, <laughs> still laughing. As a Christian, you're never truly alone. You're never truly alone. If you're a Christian, you're never truly alone because there is somebody who walks with you through every trial, through every temptation, through every difficulty, through every situation. Dane Ortland in his book, Gentle and Lowly, says this about Jesus. Listen to this. He came as a normal man to normal men. He knows what it is to be thirsty, hungry, despised, rejected, scorned, shamed, embarrassed, abandoned, misunderstood, falsely accused, suffocated, tortured, and killed. He knows what it is to be lonely. His friends abandoned him when he needed the most. And he lived, and, and had he lived today, every last Twitter follower and Facebook friend would have unfriended him when he turned 33, he who will never unfriend us. 
He has went through more than we can ever imagine, and He understands our heart. He sees our heart for what it actually is. And in this, He can reach into the deepest recesses of our hearts. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says this, Surely He took up our infirmities, our griefs, and our sicknesses, and He carried our sorrows. There's such an intimacy in this verse, this Scripture. Jesus has taken up what is concealed in the very depths of our hearts, which no one else sees. Our griefs, our sicknesses, our infirmities. And it's more than just physical. It's the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, everything that would cause sickness within us. He has taken it. He's He's lifted it up. He's borne it. He's carried our sorrows. Literally, He lifts up the sorrows of our hearts. So when somebody says to you in church, how are you doing? And you go, fine. And you know you're not fine. That stuff that's going on in there, Jesus comes to lift that and to share in that journey with us. He shares in the deep places of our pain. That's what He did. That's what he did on the cross. That's what he accomplished. Let's not despise our griefs and our sorrows. If I can just say this as I'm almost finished. They, our griefs and our sorrows, give us an insight into our hearts and into the hearts of others. And it's our griefs and sorrows that draws Jesus towards us in intimate relationship. I wonder what you're going through today. What you're going through right now. The grief the sorrow, the pain, whatever's in your heart today, that's what Jesus is drawn to, like a magnet draws iron. That's what he's drawn to. Is Jesus interested in your joys? He is. He's interested in every aspect of you. But he died on a cross, and he's drawn towards those things which would tend their hearts to go down and to walk away, walk away from each other, walk away from him. Hebrews chapter 4's 4 verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. He understands. He gets it. He knows. He understands our heart. And it's the same Jesus that just says to each one of us today, whether we're in the room or whether we're online, he says, Come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. All the stuff that's going on in the depths of your heart, that stuff that when somebody says in church, how you doing? And you go, fine. And you know it's not fine. He comes and he says to come to him, the weary and the burdened. I don't know about you today. I know what it's like to feel weary and burdened. And I know what it's like, what it's like when you come to Jesus with those burdens and you hand them over. I'm not saying it all changes overnight. But there's something about sharing that burden with him that begins to change my perspective. Jesus wants to take up the burdens of our hearts to carry our sorrows, but we need to come to him. It's the same Jesus that says he will never cast us away. John chapter 6, verse 37. Jesus is speaking and he says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. I will never cast out. 
The message translation puts it this way. Once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. Wow. In our society today, there's a new term that's emerged in society. I wonder if it will find its way into the dictionary. Maybe it already has. It's a term called cancel culture, where people, when they speak out and disagree with the majority voice, are just cancelled. They can lose jobs, they can lose favor, they can be shut down, and they're cancelled. Jesus says to us that he will never, never cancel us out. And there's an interesting emphasis in the Greek language here called the emphatic negative. Are you still with me? The emphatic negative. The writer records it this way. The one coming to me I will not, not cast away. The emphatic negative. We would probably, if we're talking to our kids, would say, I'll never, ever, 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 ever let you down. How many evers do you need to add to reassure somebody? How many, how many evers does God need to add to reassure you, his child today? I'll never, ever, 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 ever leave you. Because some people... Some people need a lot of reassurance. It's like, are you sure? Are you sure I've been, I've, I've got all this stuff going on in me. Are you sure you'll never leave me? That's, that's what he did on the cross. He was drawn to all that stuff that we think God wants to pull away from. That's why he died for us to start with, is so that all that stuff could be dealt with. That the very depths and recesses of our heart, the stuff that holds us back from our relationship with him, can be dealt with where he can come, and we can come to him. And he says, I'll never, ever leave you. I'll never, ever cast you out. I'll never walk away from you. I think Liverpool, is it Liverpool football team that have that anthem, you'll never walk alone? <laughs> yeah? You'll never walk alone. We should probably come up and do a rendition of that, Sarah. Would you think, no, let's not bother. You'll never walk alone. And that's what God says to us. Despite how we feel at times, it's like I'm walking through life on my own here. Why does nobody get me? Why does nobody encourage me? Why does nobody understand me? Why is it always me? There's one who walks through life with us and says, you'll never walk alone. Come to me and you'll never walk alone. But the response is crucial. We need to come to him first. Jesus asks you to come to him today in this moment. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes as we round things off as we pray today. Do you know, you may be a Christian in this place today. You've been a Christian for a long time. And Jesus is saying to you today to come to him in a fresh way, to surrender your life to him today. When he says, how are you doing? And you say, fine, he won't be fooled because he understands what's in your heart. And that's why he's saying to you to come to him today. Come, I get it, I understand. I know what's going on in your heart. Come and bring it to me. Maybe there are people today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus says to you today, come to me. Come and bring all that stuff, all that baggage, all the stuff from the past, the stuff that's hidden, the secret stuff, even the stuff that you don't even know about, come to me and he 
will deal with it. He's taken up our infirmities. He's carried our sorrows. He comes in our moments of weakness, and he wants to lift us up into his presence. Father, we pray today, help us to take heart today. Lord, help us to realize that we don't walk through this life alone when we have you in our lives. Father, help us to realize that you want to take our hand like a little child and you want to walk with us. Father, help us to realize that you will never, ever, ever, ever leave us. Father, that you love us with an infinite love. And Lord, help us to put our trust fully in you. And if you've never made a decision to to allow Jesus into your life, to come to him and just to surrender your life to him. I'm going to pray a simple little prayer. You pray this prayer after me and then come and tell me that you've prayed this prayer. And it's just a prayer of invitation, but it's also a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of coming to Jesus today. It's really simple. Just pray it into yourself after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you've come to me today. And I pray, help me to come to you, to give you my burdens, to give you the stuff in my life, to give me a fresh start, to make me clean. Help me to realize that you will never leave me, that you'll walk with life, walk with me through life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray. We pray, help us to apprehend your presence in our lives. Father, even when everything around us seems like it's gone wrong, Father, even when we're in the middle of stuff that we don't understand, Father, even when we're going through things that, Lord, we would just rather run away from, help us to walk through those difficulties and those circumstances, knowing that you're right there with us. May we know your presence. May we know that peace which surpasses all understanding. And Father, I just pray that that peace today would descend upon many in this place, whether physically or whether online, Father, that your peace would descend upon hearts and upon homes. And Lord, we pray that your peace would descend upon businesses. Father, that your peace would descend upon families. Lord, that your peace would descend upon classrooms and schools and universities. Father, that your peace would descend upon every area of our lives, the things that affect us. Lord, may your peace descend on those that we pray for every day. Lord, may your peace descend upon them. And Lord, help us to walk hand in hand with you, knowing your provision and your peace in our lives. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. If you want to chat about anything, you know where we are. Just give us a shout. Um, Enjoy the rest of your day. Lord bless you.